Welcome everybody to Life Unlocked with your host Hinchy Chung and of course I am Hinchy Chung. Today we have a very special guest, good buddy of mine, Brendan White, also known as Stoisgard. How are you doing, Stois? I'm doing well, man. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. I think it's it's uh, early morning for you, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, just after nine, quarter past. Yeah. So, um, for everyone that's new to the show, this is a show about anything, everything. You know, we'll get to learn about stories, we'll get to learn about everything he's up to, and we'll have a nice casual conversation. For the people that are returning, welcome back. It's been two years, it's been a long two years, but I finally decided to, hey, maybe try something new again. Go back into something old, huh? Yeah, there's worse things you can get back into. That is very very true but anyway a very special mention first before the the show begins this podcast is sponsored by dynasty tcg a new trading card game where you have to forge your future with four new mechanics four different types of troops and an insane gameplay go check them out guys all right so into the show welcome to but for everyone listening i, I call brendan choice because that's that's what that's what we do. Do you want to tell them about the name? <laughs> uh, uh, sure. Why not? Um, I mean, I guess it started um, truthfully. Uh, the first one came about probably with uh, an old school RuneScape account. Um, Stoy Scott was born there, um, and it just kind of stuck, and it rolled with. I still play the Stoy Scott. Um, with the release of the Iron Man, I have an an Iron Squirtle character as well. Um, I'm in League of Legends, active there. Um, so the name's been around for. Uh, decade or so and it started as a joke and <clears throat> excuse me and then it just kind of stuck that's fantastic and for the people that don't know stoice the 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 ending stoice actually comes from uh blastoise blastoise from... pokemon pokemon <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah so you've got a, a good background for pokemon huh uh without a doubt say my grandpa had a pawn shop um and a little spot in a flea market so um when the first japanese cards got here even um he was like oh hey uh, my grandson might like these and then sure enough all of us kids uh all my siblings we loved them and just got uh bit by the pokemon bug pretty hard i guess you'd call it <laughs> so when the english sets got there it was just even more um excitement and whatnot and my brother and us and we just kind of kept collecting literally from day one to now oh for sure and that's like early base set pokemon huh uh yeah say gen one say the very first sets this for for everyone that doesn't know that's the stuff that costs a lot of money now (laughs) (laughs) uh some of them yes sir yes sir yeah and you you went into the the tcg didn't you you went you went and played played the pokemon tcg itself i played competitively for a bit um up until i played a, a couple tcgs i played Yu-Gi-Oh as well um mm-hmm. until that 0405 turn when i started to get like too cool for things you know um kind of oh, like yeah. uh, that beginning of middle school time and mm-hmm. uh, kind of put everything down for a little bit um until junior senior year of call or not even college of high school and started to come back around um at parties or whatever i'd mm-hmm. go into open up a closet somebody's binder of cards would be there and i'd be like hey how much do you want for this 
he'd be like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah. How, how much do you want for this binder? <laughs> and I started scooping up collections again right mm-hmm. around then, 16, 17 years old. So what was it like getting into the, the competitive scene? Uh, <laughs> early on, it was uh, kind of interesting. Um, people want to like take pictures with you and stuff because you're like a kid. And mm. they're like, what? This is weird. But my brother was six years older than me, and I wanted to try to do everything older brother was doing. So mm-hmm. it's just kind of how that went. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, you went on to do pretty well in one of the tournaments, huh? Um, some of them, yes. Um, just variations. Um, I do have a first place trophy from 06 or 05. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, one of those. Yeah. Whatever the last one was, <laughs> and it actually has Blastoise on it, so that's uh, it's kind of what may have inspired some things. It's it's influenced you from day one up until now. I'm just saying, I didn't know that was gonna be on the trophy, but it yeah. definitely enhances or adds to that value for me personally. Do you I remember the? Have... Oh, oh, yeah. I was gonna say, do you remember the the deck that you played with to get you the win? Oh yeah, it's a Haymaker deck, uh, it's a classic cheese deck. Oh, do you want to explain to the, the listeners what the Haymaker deck was? Oh, so we were running like a vintage format, and um, the Haymaker, you focus around your high-powered, um, higher HP, uh, kind of basic monsters that you can get out right away, um, power mm. them up quickly, just basically attack your opponent's face <laughs> just just aggro aggro as quick exactly as possible <clears throat> so what captivated you from pokemon because everyone goes into pokemon for different reasons ah so i started with pokemon and i learned that a bit and i enjoyed it and then i added in Yu-Gi-Oh when that came around and mm-hmm. truth be told i played Yu-Gi-Oh more than i played pokemon mm-hmm. um but competitively, I understood that vintage Pokemon format the most. Uh, so that's kind yeah. of where I had the most success. And then later on, um, when I actually started buying up collections again, I was just collecting at that point. I haven't really played. Um, mm. But I got into Magic um, at that time as well. I just played that for a little bit competitively. Um, I liked the draft formats. Uh, that was my favorite, draft and sealed. It's, it's a good time because it's going to be something mm-hmm. different. Yeah. You're not facing the same deck again and again. Uh, so that was kind of cool. I didn't always do well in those, but it was cool to have a different deck or have to think of a new way or gameplay or style every single time. Oh, for sure. Having different strategies just keep you keeps you on your toes, huh? Without a doubt. <laughs> yeah. What's your, which one was your favorite TCG to sort of play mechanically? Uh, mechanically? From, mm, out of those? Out of like the mainstreams? Yeah, out of the mainstreams. Uh, I would probably say, I feel like that Yu-Gi-Oh! up to 04 era was pretty solid. I think that's probably my favorite. Oh, yeah, so early vanilla to right yeah that's i think the core the core gameplay vanilla gameplay for every game is always the the best sweetest tasting it's not that i don't appreciate the synchros and links and everything <laughs> I, just, I i appreciate and maybe that's because i'm nostalgic i don't know but hmm. I, I like that version the most or i prefer it 
Yeah, that's that's why we're different. Because as much as I I appreciate the the OG you know vanilla game like OG Yu Gi Oh, I I went into Yu Gi Oh because of Five Ds. So Five Ds was the one that got me into Yu Gi Oh. Like got me properly back into it. Because I remember this was when I was probably in fifth grade or so. That's the fourth. Yeah, like I was watching. There's a there's a British TV channel called CITV, and every weekend they'll be playing episodes of Five Ds. So every weekend I would <clears throat> I would get ready to watch an episode of Five Ds. And from what I know from original, you know, original Yu-Gi-Oh to then GX and then Five Ds, the vibe of Five Ds was completely different because it was a lot more mature, and the game the game itself was just. It's all these dragons, and you have motorbikes, and it's all flashing. You're like, whoa! You have these synchro monsters, and it's like you have junk that turns into these dragons. And I was like, wow! Like even now, I still obsess over Five Ds. The only part of my Yu-Gi-Oh collection that I only have is the dragons because I was so obsessed with them. You have to get, <clears throat> excuse me. You have to get your piece of whatever it is for you. Like for me, um, my my big ones not from that 5ds era but a little bit before that i I have like my exodian pieces like my red eyes my blue eyes dark magician like those kind of things those are the things that you don't get rid of right not a chance like i don't care if it's like with a pokemon boom and things like that stuff shot up in value that i've had sitting in my closet for however long but i'm not gonna get rid of it at any point it's just stuff that has more sentimental value to me Oh, for sure. It's it's like my Stardust because out of all the Sino Dragons, Stardust is my favorite. You know, it's Yusei's Ace card, and when I first saw it get get summoned, I was like, "Wow, that is a really cool dragon." And then you you watch the anime, and you're like, although I know he's got plot armor, and the plot is revolved <laughs> around him winning, it's like this is insane, and it's all because of Stardust. And you're like, "Wow, the story's so captivating." It's just like, damn. It still draws you in, though. It they does. Did a good job every, <laughs> every so often, I'll watch a few um, clips of old matches that take place. I yeah. actually started uh, going through the original Yu-Gi-Oh! again um, with that very first movie, even, where they basically explain the game. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it just... Uh, I think I'm going to watch that series again, even... With Joey's, I don't know if I'll watch the English version, but yeah. we'll see. Yeah, I think the the original series zero. You watched the series zero, didn't you? With like, yeah. When I first saw that, I was like, this isn't the Yu-Gi-Oh that I know. So, but when I went into it, I was like, wow, this is the story itself is a lot more in depth and darker than the than the regular series that people know. And I think when they re what was it a rerun or I don't know what the proper word is, but when mm-hmm. it aired again later, it was censored a bit. Innocent. Yes. Like less dark, yes, it was. Yeah. Like more child friendly, I think. I think because four kids took over, so they had to censor everything. So a it's bit. none of the death. And Pokemon as well. Um, like if you read it, if you read it, yeah. it's a lot darker than the show for sure. I, I actually haven't read the Pokemon manga, so what's what's, what's oh, that like? Uh, well, you know how, like, uh, in the show, it kind of, like, jokes about Professor Oak eating Ash's Krabby? Oh, yeah. And I, stuff I, like that? Well, yes. they really do this in, in, when you read it. <laughs> oh. 
Like, so they really so hate Pokemon. <laughs> they really do yeah. die, etc. Like that's 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 a, a that's a heavy harder. that's a heavy thing to, to to drop on a Sunday morning. Yeah, like if you read the Pokedex on Farfetch'd, it's like he's almost extinct because he carries his own seasoning, the leak. Oh yes, right. So that is so true. Yeah. And then and you have the show. Yeah. They even have like a filleted magic carp at one point. Oh, was remember. that in the the cruise the cruise episode? Yeah, and I don't yeah. remember if they did show it or didn't. I don't know if this is like a memory I'm making up or not. I I think I saw that as well because the for for my memories of Pokemon, the earliest earliest memory it was the episode where Ash. Yeah, the cruise ship episode where Ash got rid of... He traded away his... What was it? He traded... Butterfree. Yeah, right? yeah, Butterfree. He traded for it away from... Yes, exactly. I remember that episode because that's the that's the only episode that I had because I had the VHS. So this oh. was back when we had VHSs. And I watched it on a VHS tape. And I was like, this is the best episode. And, I, and credit... As a kid, right? I've, I've never watched many shows. So... I got scared in the, in that episode because because I'm like what four five four five years old. I'm like this cruise ship is drowning. Everyone's drowning. What's going on? <laughs> and you and you have this crazy magician man with a eradicate, and you're like, this is so scary. <laughs> Even though like thinking back on it now and rewatching that episode, I'm like it's not scary. But back then, I was like, oh, this is ah. <laughs> We might wind up jumping here, but that reminds me of like uh, my wife and I we rewatched Harry Potter, and I remember mm. like when the second movie came out, I was seven or eight. I don't remember exactly, mm-hmm. but I remember the basilisk scaring me. Oh, <laughs> like as a kid, and I rewatched right. it again later, and I was like, you know, this is still kind of creepy. So I think I was justified. <laughs> yeah. I I never actually got into the Harry Potter sort of craze. Oh man, yeah, it swept e- everything here. Even now, I still haven't watched a proper Harry Potter film. I can like if someone tells me something, I'm like, okay, I might like watch a clip about it so I can understand. But I've never read the books. I have never watched the films. The so, books yeah. have a lot more depth, but the films are still like pleasing, obviously. Hmm. But I did watch the. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, for sure. I mean, there's if you. I think one of the original books, you know, the early prints of the books. I think they're going for quite, quite a bit now. Oh, are they? Yeah, the, from something that I saw, there's. I think you can sell them for like a good amount of money as long as they're in good condition. That's collectors, crazy. Collectors are willing to buy these early books as well. I mean, that makes sense. There's collectors for just about everything. So, I mean, first prints in decent condition should be or have higher value. That Yeah, checks out. Definitely. Yeah. And I went I to think... the midnight release for a few of them even. Uh, with my Did brother. you? Yeah, my mom, she took us. Oh. I got to skip school the next day to read the book. Like, that's... <laughs> oh, that is... <laughs> that's good parenting right there. <laughs> yeah, my mom was like, okay, fine. Yeah. Actually, speaking of your mom, isn't it a very special birthday today oh, yeah it is it's actually my mom's birthday shout out yeah she's she's 35 again <laughs> uh, aren't they all right it's you know that's yeah. just uh, they just keep on is. getting younger each day it's been 35 for as long as i can remember mm-hmm. your your memory is just perfect stoice that's that's what every mother wants to hear and the funny thing is i would say that just like naturally and i didn't think anything of it until i was probably in college 
um mm-hmm. one of my teammates was like how oh, oh i played rugby in college just uh my teammate was like how old's your mom or how old she turning <laughs> and i was like oh 35 and he looked at me and he's like wait he's <laughs> like i don't i don't know if that's adding up i was like yeah. what do you mean and i was like oh a so real age <laughs> i'm just like we just put 35 on our cake every year <laughs> don't even think about it yeah that's i mean I, I mean that's what every mother wants to hear every every, every woman i think i think Mom's any 35. guy yeah <laughs> well big happy birthday big shout out to to mama sure. mama stoys that's right yeah kimbo but anyway you had the you talk about the rugby and from i think the viewers can hear you are clearly american so oh. hearing an american talk about rugby <clears throat> t- tell us about that let's let's hear the story about how you got into rugby Oh, okay, sure. Um, let's see. So, ah, man. So, high school, I did a little bit of track, played football and soccer. Um, and then in college, I actually, my freshman, sophomore year, I did not play anything. But my mm-hmm. teammate during those years went to Harding University over in Arkansas, and he started playing rugby. And he was like, "Hey, man, you you should uh, you should check this out. It's 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 a good time." He's like, "I know you're still keeping up and staying fit and everything else, and you'd like to play a uh, sport if you could." And I'm like, "Sure, you know what? Let's let's see what we can do. Maybe I'll give it a try." So I was at or er, 2015. Mm-hmm. I was at Texas State, and he actually transferred from Harding, and he and I wound up being roommates oh. together. Um, down at Texas State yeah um, so they had their little like combine or tryout type of thing and funny enough um, my leasing agent for my apartment was on the team <laughs> oh so he was like I'll vouch for you whatever like you seem like you're big and fit enough that we can get you out there it's like cool mm-hmm. so went and did the little tryouts for a couple of days and my name was still there and that was kind of that yeah i had a really good time with it i had a good appreciation for another sport because i have never been like humbled in such a way (laughs) of just like (laughs) really not knowing what i'm supposed to be doing or yeah just kind of like you have the tangible spots and then we'll try to teach you these things and i'm just like man Mm-hmm. I'm like a second half sub hero for my first year, just really not understanding the game. Like, because uh, like you know, like in like um in football, like a punt, you want to field that and return it. But in rugby, you're like, well, mm-hmm. if I can be out of bounds, I'm gonna get that back where you kicked it from. As long mm-hmm. as I keep my toe out, and I'm like, what do you mean go out of bounds to catch the ball? Like that doesn't <laughs> make sense to me. Yeah, but yeah. So the first part was like. He's an absolute liability, but we got we got it together later. <laughs> yeah, you, did fun. you just play garbage minutes your first season, just getting out Initially, there? But I looked like a champion because everybody else was gassed. <laughs> Everyone had no energy, and you're just running laps around people, huh? That's it. I had to, I mean, really change the way I was. I mean, I'm solid. I played linebacker, um, mm-hmm. like defensive end etc yeah and i could tackle i can tackle anybody but mm-hmm. i know my first game 
I did the football thing where you put your head across them instead of behind yeah. in gator rolling. And I caught the biggest thigh from someone oh. to my like temple. And it, it rocked me pretty good. I was like, oh, God. <sighs> And in addition to that, he definitely gave me a little stiffy uh, to my face, too, on the way down. Oh. So, <laughs> I was humbled in my first game, yeah. to say the least. That was, I think that's the only one I can recall getting pretty whooped on. Um, yeah. Oh, no. A second humbling. Another. Uh, another. Well go down the list. Um, For sure. Just, I mean, dude, I'm telling you, rugby just mm-hmm. changed my life. Gave me such an appreciation. Uh there was a guy from Houston. I forget mm-hmm. his name. I should know it. I feel bad, but he was a. Uh, he played for the national team um, mm-hmm. for the U.S. And he gave me like when he got the ball. Okay, look, this man looks like a lumberjack. All right, you know. <laughs> yeah. He's a front row Big. player. He's yeah. six six foot belt. Oh yeah, six. I mean, dude, was six two or six three, and like a three hundred mm-hmm. pounder. He's a big boy. Oh. And I mean, granted, I'm six foot two thirty, so I'm not small. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm coming. To, I see him. He catches it. Uh, so I start to close that little gap of distance between us. And for half a, just a fraction of a second, I paused. I hesitated. And in that <laughs> moment, I knew I was beat. Yeah. I was like, "That's not good. I, I, this is a mistake. I already know better." And because you should never be flat-footed as a defender, just. Mm. You have to always be on your toes, whatever, whatever sport. If you hesitate, you're toast. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, I don't have the film anymore, I don't think, but he basically, like, his palm, like, hit the center of my chest, and he picked mm-hmm. me up with one hand and, like, no threw way. me a couple meters through the air. And, like, I Damn. hit my back and slid, like, a couple more. Jeez, that's so. But the thing, like, as I don't have, like, as I'm getting picked up, though, like, I punched the ball out at least, but, like, this man threw me (laughs) with one arm. Yes. And, like, I'm a grown man. Like, so I was, I'm telling you, I've never had something like that happen to me. Like, I'm usually one of the bigger people. (laughs) (laughs) So to have something like that go down, um, couple experiences where you just you learn man you're like no this is not how you do it this is how you do it Mm -hmm. figure it out yeah crazy everybody's offense everybody's defense like it's you gotta do both you don't have the the split like in football do you no but i absolutely love that and that i can drag you out of bounds and my team gets the ball like Mm -hmm. that's even more exciting for me too yeah I think you have a lot more control in rugby in 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 the sense of like you said every player can do everything so you can you can force the defense you can force the offense right and you don't need you don't you don't need the quarterback to to organize it and you don't need someone to run and get it you can do, you you could be a you could be the hero if you wanted to credit is not the best strat but you could be mm. third lesson I had I was running pretty upright the first time I saw some open field. Mm-hmm. I thought I was gonna pick up some meters there and <laughs> just got under my chest and chucked me like into the track yeah. on the outer ring around the pitch. That's how far I went. Like 
Wow. <laughs> so I definitely got my fair share of lumps. But yeah, that's, I mean, eh, you know, you you sign the contract of yes, I will get injured playing this sport, and you get up with a smile. That's all it is. Like you, whether you're the one tackling or getting tackled, you get up, mm-hmm. shake hands, you smile, but laugh it off. Where's the social after? <laughs> and yeah, at the end of it, you can everyone can have a good time. You win or lose. <laughs> More or less, yeah, absolutely. Do you have any favorite moments from your rugby days? Any any victories that stuck in your mind? Uh, man, I'm a defensive-minded player at heart, so just like mm-hmm. big hits fuel <laughs> me. So I just uh, there's a couple where um, I was a flanker in this game, and just three times in a row they tried they they wanted test my gap and my integrity mm. and made that tackle rolled out set that first gap oh here they're trying me again boop and i did this three or four times in a row just nope 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 and mm-hmm. back up back up back up back up and that's one that sticks out to me because then they kicked it wide like well <laughs> yeah. it's not happening right here that's i think you're the player if you if we played sports together i think you would be the player that i would enjoy playing sports most because because obviously for the people that don't know i played i played basketball i'm not i'm not the biggest guy but i could i could handle myself on the court but the thing is every person wants to just play offense everybody wants to shoot the three everyone wants to drive into the lane but oh, yeah. no one wants to play defense no <laughs> one wants to play it no because you know that's the the showy the showy stuff is where everyone wants to yeah. get the points but no one wants to sit back you know, come back full court and hold their point guard or whoever's driving down the lane, push them off to the side and make that the defensive play. So I think if we played, man, yeah, I think it would be a good duo. I, yeah, that excites, that fires me up. Just being able to, whatever you're trying to do, I'm going to shut it down. My mm-hmm. will will overcome your will. Like, that's, yeah. you know, it's, it's just a satisfaction in that. And I'm reacting your plan mm-hmm. so like to be able to play defense i think takes a lot more like i don't know I, I not to say one is harder or more difficult i don't it's but i think i think defense has a little less of an advantage just because think, you're reacting to whatever's being shown to you oh yeah i think playing defense is a lot more mental you you have to be mentally strong enough to be like yes i will i won't even touch the ball i will just run and annoy this player so he doesn't touch the ball right and then you'll see sometimes eventually like if a team notices you are all over whatever they're doing plays will start to go away from you or Mm. whatever they were doing in film suddenly now they're not running a naked boot or whatever he doesn't have a blocker um like they're running yeah. this play because they know you're reading one person so you run away from where the play is actually going because they don't want you around it like, exactly if they change their plan based on whatever you're doing you're doing something right yep i think have it have any team with a good defender which just does far better than I think teams who just focus on okay we're just gonna play offense and then you play defense whenever you want because I think when people commit to the defense that o- overwhelms an offense no matter what happens without a doubt and I think like you said everybody wants to score points 
Mm -hmm. everybody wants to be the face of like that guy yeah it's because defense is just seen as like yeah that's your job do the thing Mm -hmm. like nobody celebrates the guy making a tackle in the backfield or you know picking someone's pocket well maybe pickpocketing somebody at basketball a little bit more but yeah you know it's just like yeah that's what you do yeah it's not crazy the same I could actually give an example here. I wrote, do you, I don't know if you followed the NBA in 2013 when it was LeBron in Miami and okay. he was with Chris Bosh, Ray Allen and Dwayne Wade. I think it was 2000 it was during the heat era of their mm-hmm. championship run. And basically I think it was game 6 or something. Chris Bosh made the game-winning block. So that sent them into game 7. I'm pretty sure it, oh, it was it was one of one of these big games. I no one quote me on these these numbers on like games oh, and stuff. Yeah, people will get you, so yeah, just be so, careful. <laughs> so don't get me there. But I do remember get, Chris Bosh did a game-winning block, and then there was in in the finals. I, I I know this very clearly. Game six, Ray Allen shoots a game-winning three to force the Heat and the Spurs into Game Seven where the Heat eventually won. And the thing is, people don't remember Chris Bosch's block. People remember Ray Allen's three that sent them into, um, not overtime, sent them into game seven where they won. But the thing is, both of those things were equally important. Without a doubt. I mean, it it's almost like trying to argue whether the brain or your heart is more important when you really need both. Mm-hmm. So, um, oh yeah, that's a good point. Like you said, the they remember that play, the three pointer, more than so mm-hmm. the block. Than the block. Yeah, like um, I'm pretty sure with the Steelers Super Bowl, um, James Harrison had a pick six that like teed them up, but everybody mm-hmm. remembers the overtime catch. Hmm. Because the catch is more flashy. That's the but, one that gets you the points, huh? Right to win, but not the pick six to tie it up at the half. Like. Yeah. Or right before whatever it was don't quote me on that either y'all you know what i'm talking about we are we are not uh, sports broadcasters we are just fans that know certain things but not specifically but yeah I, I mean i think out of all of this a question would be for you i assume what the the listeners want to how come you didn't go into american football instead of rugby because obviously you're you're a big fan of football as well um <laughs> Uh, truth be told, I did try to play football. Um, it was a transitioning period or time at Texas State. A little bit of some hecticness. Um, <laughs> if you look <laughs> at uh, the little rankings or what have you from those years, I think they were 10th from the very bottom. So if there was like a mm. top 10 of the worst, they'd be the best of the worst. So mm. um it was a time uh, I couldn't get much of a response from the coaches or anything like that. Um, they did come send somebody to talk to us after the first like actual game. Um, but at that point, I'd already settled in with my rugby group. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did, after graduation, start to play semi-pro football for a year. Mm-hmm. Um and then my brother passed away and it just i didn't really have time or like energy capacity to handle my responsibilities like in that Mm -hmm. role so i took a step back and then uh i went into teaching 
Yeah. So for the viewers, what did you what did you teach? Oh, <laughs> I taught high school math for three years. I taught geometry and AP statistics, and I led student council for two of those three years. Which is, for me, that's that's pretty amazing because over here you've got a a bunch of. I mean, even in the states, you know, your your classic jock, you wouldn't see them be be a teacher, <laughs> a high school teacher, in fact. After after their career, because mo- most when they go into sport, they just want to stay in sport, don't they? But I think it's That's quite true. admirable to have you know go into the teaching profession. Definitely, I I had um, I was fortunate. Most of maybe about half of my teachers through high school were also coaches, hmm. and they were some of my favorite courses. Not just them i had plenty of teachers outside that i enjoyed too like i was very fortunate to have such a good set of teachers and that's kind of what drove me to want to give back is yeah uh the next generation deserves uh someone that's going to be there for them consistently and be patient Mm -hmm. and listen Uh, so i tried to be that well that's that's i mean that's really amazing just because i know a lot of teachers just go in for the paycheck you know they don't care enough about this they don't care about the the next generation because you, you know how politicians are they don't care they just they're here to do what they need to do now and then they leave everyone for scraps uh that's always the thing you know they there's yeah. always somebody running on oh we're gonna pay our teachers more xyz but it never really actually happens um mm-hmm. which is kind of sad um and i think you may have seen that video too of uh, there's a kid uh, I think he's got some long hair and he I I watched that this morning. I like, saw that this morning. <laughs> you can't just give him a freaking packet, yo. Yeah. Like that kid is preaching right now, you he know. He knows like, exactly what he's on he about. He may have misworded one or two things, but you know what he's trying to say. He was mm-hmm. emotional and passionate in that moment. He may have misspoke on a couple things, but you know what he meant to say. Mm-hmm. And he did well in that situation, I think. Like props to that kid that is, i think yeah, everybody I, in that room remembers that moment i think when when i first saw that video this would have been years ago but when i saw that video i was like he is not lying he the words that are coming out of his mouth i think like you said he, he may have worded a few things like incorrectly or you might have said a few things that weren't correct per se but the ideas and the um philosophy that he was trying to get across i think it was spot on right like you knew what he was trying to say absolutely yeah like and you've like got to care it's uh i couldn't like so i guess i'd had i did and i didn't like some of those things when it was just here you go slap this in front of you do mm-hmm. the thing like yeah no I'm not, I'm not here to help you like ask your neighbor ask a partner or whatever else it's like i've already asked them i'm asking you now like mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah there's just I'd hear stories from some of my students, and I'm just like, that baffles me. Oh, a- any good stories? Any stories that you can share? Um, I don't think anything that I could share. Oh. Um, unless you had like a specific something or other, maybe. What um, about your stories? What was your what were your highlights from your teaching days? Oh, absolutely. Well, my students. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Without a doubt, I call them my kids more often than not. But I'm trying to specify because I confuse people when I'm like, "Oh, my kids." I'm like, "Oh, you have those?" I'm like, "No, my students." But you, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. 
oh yeah i kept i mean most of the artworks and things that was made mm. for me i have almost all of it like i kept it um all the notes and little stuff like that i've got all that stuff uh it's pretty cool mm -hmm. um being able to look at that and see the impact that i did have on a chunk it's cool um I got to make math a little bit fun teach them against their will you know mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> sometimes they don't even realize we're learning you just that's the thing i think some of the best teachers that i've had have been the ones where i've gone into class and i just it's i want to be there i want to listen to what's being said because it's so fun it's enjoyable to be there when the teacher has the energy as well as the effort to change the way we learn from the traditional you know you sit down i give you a book you know i give you your packet here you go yeah. learn. and i think there was too much of that going on where it was we've done this for the past x amount of years and this mm -hmm. is how we're gonna do it and i just you know i don't i don't really like that it's not mm -hmm. my style um, I think it's really inhibiting a lot of good educators. Um, and I think that's what's causing a lot of the shortage over here, at least in the States. There's a, a shortage of educators. It's a it's a problem. Yeah. I think, I think that might be considered all around the world, just because people are now... It's getting into that profession. It's very hard, isn't it? Like, not in, in the sense of getting into it, but getting into it and wanting to stay because I know teachers that have gone in for two years and then just dropped out just because it's they want to do something else they they don't want to help out the burnout's incredibly high um it's also extremely rewarding um I'd consider it the most rewarding like not monetarily by any means but it like you eventually start to see some of those impacts you have and it makes it all the worthwhile mm -hmm. what makes it i guess what takes away from some of those is like i guess environment it could be your higher ups it could be micromanaging um mm -hmm. little things i think spread all around i think every school is different obviously For but sure. i think it's those little things um and the extra like at home type of hours that are unseen that start to add up and take their tolls yeah um i think in addition to there's not really a raise after so many years it's not really keeping up with inflation like you do start to fall behind mm -hmm. um so i don't think it's viable at least for newer generations um to do it more than x amount of years yeah i mean that's you're the teacher i agree with everything you say <laughs> <laughs> i'm not i'm not that anymore but yeah. uh, you know, as they say, when the student's ready, the teacher will appear. Yeah. Did you, because from my impression, from, because obviously I'm, I'm not from the States. I wasn't, I, I've never experienced high school in the States, but from my, <laughs> my crude media knowledge, high school over there is, it's insane in the sense of, you know, your sporting events, you know, you have big events. Oh yeah. You have big, you know, you have prep rallies, you have all these you know you have you go into your your gyms and then you have your assemblies and stuff i'm like wow compared to over here it's a lot more showbiz it's crazy you say that like uh, uh i'm down in texas uh or i was pardon for those that didn't or don't know i suppose uh i was down in texas and football is 
borderline that religion there um mm -hmm. where the stadiums high school stadiums do see thousands of people and could probably compete with uh, some other states' Division II colleges. Yes, uh, that's not a joke or an exaggeration. Um, you look at some of these kids at the end, and you're like, that's a grown man. He's got a mortgage. Mm -hmm. Like, you know? Um, he's already got the full beard. He's ready to... He's got exactly. two kids. I'm like, man, I was like, how are you, like looks like an nfl player and like a lot of them will they will go on you'll see them on sundays like uh there's a couple kids from the district i was in that are in the league i played against guys that are in the league it's mm -hmm. not uncommon it's a little hub now um there's a lot of talent there um there's let's say some of those stadiums i think they did a uh, a game between the state championship um, winners from Texas and Arkansas, mm -hmm. another state. And Texas beat that Arkansas team. I want to say it was 60 something by like about 60 something points, give or take. So it was a blowout? It, it was. I'm, and it's, I don't, not to knock Arkansas, mm -hmm. they're pretty dang good at football too. But um, mm -hmm. I think Texas just takes it to like another level. As you said, the pep rallies before every game, etc. It's very yeah. They take they make a big deal of it all. Yeah, because <laughs> you saying that, I think I went to because uh, in our in our high schools over here, where we don't get anyone. <laughs> we get maybe twenty people max in in the gym in the gym oh, together, man. just sitting on benches, just watching. And you're like, wow. The that's that's why I think America for sports is far superior than any country, just because you guys put the the effort the devotion and the passion into it over here i had to i had to convince one of the not not none of the pe teachers wanted to do it i had to convince an exterior teacher like a sub that works i think I'm, i think he works full-time but a sub to like help run the basketball just so i could play which is like man damn, the environment is not the same that is crazy to me like i mean granted our schools had I want to say the student population was 2,500 kids for the four grades, um, mm -hmm. ninth through 12th. Um, it's a pretty good size school, um, considering like the town my like my mom's from is mm -hmm. 1,200 people. Oh wow! Your your yeah. whole town could have attended a singular high school. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's pretty crazy to think. Yeah, over here we probably have, if you include every everyone in high school let's say a hundred a hundred in each e each year so seven eight nine ten eleven twelve twelve a so, hundred so roughly the same but we get split into you have secondary school and then you go into college or um sixth form so that's just one step below university okay. so like high, high school for me was probably like a few hundred few hundred students there gotcha yeah oh, actually no not year 13 ignore me it only goes up to 12 right no <laughs> think, you're good yeah i think my final year i think we had 450 or 550 in my class i can't remember that graduated mm. altogether. yeah but that's that's small like we were like there's still another tier above that 
you got you guys are crazy you guys everything's supersized in america it, even the it, class sizes it has to be let me look up one real quick for you yeah found this class size real quick as I'm sitting here mm-hmm. 1800 in one grade yeah that's pretty at that's, one school that's insane I can't I can't imagine knowing that number of people in a singular school for that one grade how long of a ceremony was it you know that's a yeah. long time no wonder you guys spend millions on your stadiums. Yeah, it's... I think, Alan, I don't want to quote that even, but I, I want to even test the waters and say that that school that I was saying had 1,700, 1,800, about average mm-hmm. for their class size that they graduate, I think they spent a billion dollars on their stadium. Wow. A high school stadium. Just just for sports? Just, just that stadium itself, not even the whole high school? Oh, man, it's crazy. It's like a really small world. Um, So the quarterback from that school is actually Mm -hmm. at the University uh, of Oklahoma, which is where I'm next to now, where I currently just moved. Oh. Uh, And his name, his his birth-given name is General Booty. General Booty. Booty. B-O-O-B-O-O-T-Y. His parents gave him the name General... (laughs) I'm Boot. telling you right now, you can go into Google and you can look it up. Yep. I, General you know Booty went to I this high school that I'm telling you about. Yeah. <laughs> General Booty. Yes, it is. He's actually two days ago. Yeah. Um, Oklahoma quarterback General Booty releases his own hilarious NIL merchandise. <laughs> He's got his own merch. He's got to. I feel like you would have to. That is insane. But yeah, if I see him around town, I'm gonna get an autograph. You might, you might want to get one of the General Boozy T-shirts, huh? Brother, I'm gonna convince the coaching staff to make him a captain, so we can have a captain General Booty. Captain. <laughs> I think that's. Is he? Is he any good? I assume he's good, right? I feel like. I mean, to be at this university and be on the roster, yeah, you're, you're pretty. You're pretty alright. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. General Boosie just, yeah. Yeah, the University of Oklahoma is uh, one of the top football programs. Mm -hmm. 6'3", 194 pounds. We've got to put some more weight on, but that's going to happen year one. Yeah. I I still can't believe there are people in this world that want to call their kids General Boosie. Man, there was a coach um, for one of my best friends and my wife. Uh, The school... He named his uh, kids Champ, Major, and Boss. That's... <laughs> I I saw something about someone... This was when the pandemic hit, right? And someone called their kids actually Corona and the virus. Oh, no. No. So, so I, feel, I, feel, I feel bad for all the... You know, the generation of kids that will have stupid names and ridiculous names from people in our generation that think it's mm-hmm. it's funny 
I understand wanting to give your kid a unique name or unique name, but come on, like they have to live with that. That kid's gonna be an adult later. Yeah, they have to Granted, carry that through. It's pretty easy to get your name changed. Um, you literally, at least here, pardon, I don't know if it's like that elsewhere, but like over here, I can walk into the courthouse and I fill out a form and I can pr- I can put anything I want on there. Like I want my name to be. Mm-hmm. And they're like, cool. Here's the fee. Done. Like. I've actually seen some stuff where people have gotten drunk and woken up to a new name. See? So, I, over there, you guys are crazy, I think. Some of the stuff that you guys can do. <laughs> it's still the Wild West in some parts, it feels like. Yeah. I mean, we don't I think... talk about Vegas, etc. <laughs> oh, Vegas is even worse, isn't it? The You can you can get married in, in one of those churches, can't you? Get it legalized as well absolutely pardon and you can i mean you can walk into most courthouses but you do not have that uh i think what you're asking about is that like uh the waiting window where you get your marriage certificate yeah it's Mm -hmm. you don't have to do that i don't think yeah damn there's the the wild west of america is still around guys so be careful don't get (laughs) too crazy over there my brother got married in las vegas actually oh really what was that like it was really cool to say it was uh he got married like the in the evening time the day before halloween in las vegas so it was everybody was dressed up and the town was jumping it was pretty cool yeah yeah you guys have a very everywhere you go like i think i've seen a few parties you know in new orleans when people Ooh, go out on yeah. the streets and it's just everyone just crowding around and it's just party Urban central it's yeah yeah you gotta experience that at least one time i think at some point at some point because over here you look at our streets no one's coming no one's coming out it's like <laughs> suburbs mo- most of the most of the time over here so even in the cities no one's gonna go out on the streets you know flooding the whole city maybe maybe in london when there's a big event going like when the women's football team beat germany so they oh. it was pretty big then yeah it was the women's euros that they won so that was a big event and i was like wow so it's like, it only has to be like really big but i know for you guys you know when saint paddy's day comes around all of you guys <laughs> are going out halloween you're going out new year's <sighs> out i think the general population just looks for an excuse to uh consume alcohol generally but you know alcohol and party that's it you know any excuse what day is it today like look it up oh it's national checkered flag paper plate day like let's get drunk national hot (laughs) dog day everyone come barbecue everyone get drunk hey now hey now we respect (laughs) (laughs) but yeah yeah, it's uh there's a lot of days but yeah st patty's day is huge they go they do that pretty big all over um, yeah, but I think that stems back to um, like the potato famine. Even there was still a pre- pretty prevalent uh, population that moved into the northeast regions and stuff like that. So I think there is a, a pretty good population mm-hmm. all around that does celebrate, and I think it just picked up and carried, and now everybody's everyone's recognized on. and on board. And yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool. It's fun. If I'm not mistaken, I think. Uh, Boston has the most uh, Irish, is it? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, because I think uh, Paddy's Day is pretty big for them over there. 
one of my best friends is Irish. I, I love listening to his grandpa talk. It's he has that that accent, that that thick Irish yeah. accent. It's cool. Yeah. So, so the thing is, like, I think you know, people have known. Okay, Stoyce has done Pokemon. He's done um, sports. You know, playing rugby, <laughs> and he's done teaching. So, what what are you doing right now? Let's hear about your experiences right now. Well, right now I'm a full-time entrepreneur, doing a little bit of everything: uh, collectibles, clothing, crypto, mm-hmm. you name it. Some NFT dabbling, etc. Um, mm-hmm. Some trading, uh, gold and silver, you name it. I've got a hand in it, more or less. Yeah. Um, and more importantly, there's a. I think you've got a pretty big project that you're working on. I sure do. It's called a uh, Dynasty TCG. You should uh, check it out. Grab some decks. Teach your friends. Tell your friends. Kickstarter's coming up. Look it up. Be ready. Be prepared. Grab your wallets. Buy one. Buy two. Your only regret will be that you didn't buy more. What a salesman! <laughs> <laughs> I think they're very glad that you're on the team. <laughs> I think so. It's been a fun project so far. We're, I don't know, a little over half a year in on this steamrolling. Um, we've mm-hmm. been picking up ahead of steam after every single event. I think we've got more and more of a following. More and more uh, people are receptive to the game. Um, but the most important part of that being more people are playing it. More people are talking about it. Um, without the players, you don't have anything. Um, mm-hmm. It's your lifeblood. It's your community. Um, so oh, it's been sure. cool to see yeah. um, the familiar faces growing um, yeah. time and time. I'll see more and more people at every event that are like, eh, and all excited to see us. And it, it really, really fuels um, the passion and energy on our end, too, um, that what we're doing is being well-received. And they're giving feedback. They're talking. Um, they're coming to see us, even. I mean, that's really freaking cool. Um, check us out on Instagram. Check us out on the website. We've got a Discord, Dynasty underscore TCG. Give us a look. Mm-hmm. So you said about meeting all the fans and tell tell the viewers what what's it like actually being at these conventions and seeing these people come up like that's uh you've been to Dallas you've been to Orlando and unfortunately you're not at Long Beach but you will be at um, Kansas City and Denver so let's hear the experience of you know the first Orlando con and then seeing the difference in Dallas. Oh okay. Yeah, it's a big time, big time. So in Orlando, we didn't have a booth or anything. We're just kind of walking around, passing out flyers, talking to people. Um, we didn't even have, like, um, our promos, unfortunately. Like, nothing was able to get passed out at the time. But we were still able to go around and talk to a good chunk of people there at the event and spread that word. Um, and then we wound up at that event talking to Mike, Michael the owner of dsg diamond service grading um so short time after that um yada yada we wind up partnering with diamond service grading our first uh, grading service partner over here in the states go check them out um they wound up getting us a booth for the next con in dallas um they sponsored some promos for us um graded some of those um put them in a slab and a nice display helped present and promote us um just kind of blew us up more or less um yeah let's see yeah it's a kind of comparison here we had 
a couple hundred promos. I don't remember exact numbers. Um, like let's say we had 300 promos for both days and we weren't really sure what kind of demand we would have. We had to hold, the show started at 10, right? By 11 o'clock on the first day, we had to hold 50 promos so we would have some for day two. Like mm. all but 50 of them were already picked up within the first hour. Mm -hmm. I I remember when you sent me the message when people were already asking to to get promos. Yeah. And I, I, mean, and I remember telling you, do not give it to them. We cannot let the people, like, before they even enter the building, get the promos. Yeah. We had people that were, were like, hey, can we get a promo? Can I get a promo? Everywhere we were going, dude. It was, it was a bit. But um, it, I did feel bad when we ran out. I wish I had more. But I think now we do have that. Uh, we, we were prepared for Long Beach here. So if you're still out there, you're catching this, um, go get your promos. Um, they're pretty awesome. I love this Long Beach promo. It's one of my favorites, personally. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, so we've got that. I think we'll better handle on those promos now since the demand had jumped so significantly that literally day one within the first hour having to hold some. Um, oh yeah, and I think we are now better equipped for giving out promos just because you know we had that fiasco where the the promos were here, they weren't here, or that was right. that, that was a story. Do you know, I, if, if uh, you want to share it, you, we are more than happy to to hear that story of. The Miami promo fiasco. Oh, for sure. So DHL actually took that shipment from manufacturer in China and it was supposed to go to a P.O. box, which you're like, okay, yeah, so what? Here's the deal. DHL doesn't deliver to P.O. boxes. So why did they take the package to begin with? Anywho, mind you. So this package is supposed to show up at my P.O. box, yada, yada. It does not, and this is like two days before the con at this point, or the day mm -hmm. before, actually. It was, we were discussing uh, it two days before, being like, where the hell are the promos? And then it was the day before that all of this unraveled. Actually, right, so they had started to put them on a truck out for delivery. I'm like, cool, they're going to make it. And then I check again in like an hour, and it says, unable to deliver to address, being returned, check later, blah, blah, blah. Um, so long story short, we had to drive down and into Dallas and in one of their little facilities there and get them picked up. But yeah, we, we, we made it happen and had those promos because I, we, we do understand how important it is to, to do our most to deliver um, whatever we promised you guys at these conventions, um, at the Kickstarters, etc. in timely manners. Um, so whatever we've got to do to make that happen, uh, we will. Oh, for sure. And I, I think now, you know, what we do is get it a month before just so we are prepared. And I think that's made it easier for us to be like, okay, we don't need to stress about promos and everything else is just easy. Just the issue is just getting there, you know? Well, yeah, figuring out shipping initially all the way and it's, it's taking yeah. trial and error, but I think we've got it down now. We've got a pretty good process. Oh, for sure. And the thing is, I always say this to you whenever you're at cons. I'm always jealous because I want to be there. I want to be there seeing all these fans. And you get to see the fans and you get to talk to the fans because we have people that go to our booth for us. You know, they 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 go to these events to find us and get what we have to offer. It's really neat. That's a It's a really cool experience um, seeing some of those people and 
the DSG booth, that little TCG island, it's it's fun in there. The climate, the environment, all of those um, creators um, in one little area is really cool. Um, just I feel like it's a really positive space. Uh, so if anybody's hearing that, uh, go check out that whole booth. Like even if you don't um, have a liking for this game or that game, um, just see what you do or don't. Get a feel for it. Yeah, just experience it. Check I have out. no comments about any other game, but feel free to check them out. Yeah, I mean, the whole booth. I mean, there's guys that just do, like, um, like gamer supplies, like uh, electronics and stuff like that. Everybody's just together in one location. It's cool. Yeah. And another thing is, I, I feel like for most of the viewers, because they're not sort of into this sort of nerd pop culture that you and i are in and credit because i think you and i because we do sports and we're not your stereotypical sort of collectors or the people that you would stereotype to be in this space so i do think like there is that sort of stigma that people do have for nerd culture and pop culture and i i guess we're kind of like an example of hey we're not just people that don't look after ourselves that just in basements that don't see the sun so it's i think the community is expanding and there is a new wave of people that are getting into this and the big thing is these investors investors who are you know uh, wall street wall street bros yeah. yeah their quotes on all that yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so it has made the the space a lot more different from you know your early days of Traditionally. Hey, mm-hmm. yeah i like pokemon <laughs> Uh, oh man, we could talk on that for a minute. I mean, mm-hmm. where it was like, hey, um, I see you need like these 10 or 12 cards to finish your set. I'll swap you these for your Venusaur or, your, or whatever. And they'd be like, okay, cool, here you go. And <laughs> nowadays, if it's not an exact whatever last sold on TCG <laughs> player times point. 1.35 of ebay last sold divided by and so on if it's yeah. not the exact match people aren't happy and it just is exhausting to try to do trades at times um so like trading has i feel like died significantly um so shout out to my couple of you that do trade with me um you know who you are i appreciate you all greatly um, mm-hmm. there's not enough people willing to do that um that kind of I wanted to go into a crypto tangent, but I'll I'll hold back on that. <laughs> That's okay. I think in terms of trading, it's more monetary trading at this point. These these trading cards are seen as assets. I don't see them. I don't think people trade because of their love for that card itself. Like for me, if someone had a because my my favorite Pokemon is Infernape, and okay. if someone had an Infernape and I wanted to trade for it and they had something else that they love from me i know for a fact right now both parties would have to look on ebay to see if the monetary value matches up not right i have something you enjoy and do you have something i enjoy people want to make money out of this thing and it's just like it's really hard for i think youngsters to get into it or people to get back into it because the culture is it's not about what you love anymore it's about how much money can this thing generate me change completely it's just not that i wasn't literally doing that from the get-go when 
Like, um, so the Dollar General right behind this little field mm. in our house sold. They would get one box of Pokemon cards in at a time, mm-hmm. um, but they were that dollar whatever. And so my brother and I would buy those. And I would yeah. sell commons were a quarter, uncommons were 50 cents, the hollows yeah. were at least a dollar, depending on which ones they were. And mm-hmm. then we'd go back go buy more i saw from the driveway my brother rides his bike and goes and picks up other people's collections picks it up brings it back and then you know, set it back system. yeah yeah and so it's just it's not that money hasn't always been involved at a certain point but in terms of just like pure trades i think yeah. like you've said they still look at oh is this exactly equal oh you're actually getting two dollars more for like mm-hmm. and it's just yeah, I just, I can't operate within those, like, strict of margins. I mean, There's too can... much money in the, that's why. Right, right. Which is I mean, still kind of yeah. cool to see that there's that much money in the space now, but it's just changed. It's different. All things change. It is. Because now people see it as, you know, these assets are like vehicles. stocks. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that. I love it because I've got old Pokemon stuff. I've got old Yu-Gi-Oh stuff that I can just hold on to. And maybe in the future, if I really don't want it, I can get rid of. But at the same time, I'm not the sort of guy to go sell my collection because that's stuff that I accumulated when I was younger. And that's the stuff that I want to keep. But seeing all these new people now, like, because I've seen YouTube videos of people being like, how to start your Pokemon business. And people are dropping 15K in one in one go to, to make a business out of it there's just a lot of misinformation a lot of people don't understand um i'm not gonna name drop but uh, (laughs) part of what drew me into the pokemon space too i didn't know it was a thing as a term um when i first started like publicly like being like my friends knew i was an avid pokemon collector for forever that Mm -hmm. i was buying flipping and trading like the whole time um yeah. Oh, I just lost my place. What were we saying right before that? Trading, Pokemon, money. Your uh, advert, your friends knew. There's a term oh. that came up. Oh, out, out the head. Oh, closet collector. That's what it closet was. Closet collector, yeah. Closet collector. And then yeah, you I had came not out. Heard that. Right. And so I'm like, bam. There we go. Full, full circle. Thanks, Tenchi. I need to give back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I've been seeing these videos and like I teach stats, right? Like, yeah. Um, so I see these videos of people making these inaccurate charts and graphs with data that's false. And mm-hmm. it drives me up the wall. And again, I'm not making a stink. I'm not going to get involved in a public discussion on these things. It's not worth my time. Mm-hmm. When majority of these people, I shouldn't say these people, majority of the population as a whole is more accurate to say, don't understand how to fully understand. I think just really data and statistics and things like that. They don't really understand. Yeah. Just very blanket statement. I think people see numbers and go, yes, this looks right. It looks like something that makes sense and I can use it to justify. Um, I think it's something called confirmation bias. Right. If they it confirms like, how they think. Like uh, if you wanted me, if you hired me, Angie, to create mm-hmm. a chart or a graph or a display 
visually representing whatever you wanted me to show, I could do that. Oh, There's actually, ways since you said that, <laughs> data show whatever. Yes, but I have yeah. some integrity. Um, <laughs> There's a reason I don't I don't work in politics or anything like that. Yeah.、Um, I could dip my fingers in that and work for both sides as maximum evil, but I don't, man.、Yeah. Like, I just I can't do that. I can't misrepresent or mislead information. That's、yeah. using using numbers for evil. I would never. <laughs> you keep your superpowers with integrity. That's, that's the worst part. Is you can, based on the survey, based on the data, you can make it air quote true, like.、Mm-hmm. But more or less, you need to look at who's funding the study and what do they want to know. Yep. I've actually, I've actually got an idea with that. I think we can quantify. Okay, this is you guys are now eavesdropping into some、um, team talk, but you can quantify、um, cost to power like of the cards. That's that's just an idea、oh, that we yeah, can、I、work mean, on. You know? <laughs> Whatever it is, see, I can most things. Yeah, I can. I can do that for you for sure. But, but yeah, okay. Now back on track. Back to the podcast where you guys haven't just eavesdropped into a little team closet <laughs> team <collector> . discussion. <laughs> yeah, closet collecting. Um, yeah. So those charts and graphs really frustrated me, just because the misrepresentation, showing people, oh, it's easy, this, that, the third. And at the time, the hype was in like the peak 2020, like October, November time, and、mm-hmm. everybody's just buying, spending money left and right on some of these things. And I'm like, I think that's when Jake Paul, Jake Paul, really boosted that. I think he had a little bit to do with that. In、um, uh, to talk about Jake Paul, I may as well. Normally,、mm-hmm. I try to avoid the big names, but I guess I may as well at this point.、Um, I don't think Jake he or, cares. Was it Jake or Logan? Uh, oh no, Logan. Logan Paul is the one that does all the collecting. Jake, Jake does more boxing, I think. I think that's right. So, yeah, like to Logan's credit, he's a real fan. I've heard a couple, just yeah, no, he's he's not faking that. He he is a Pokemon fan.、Um, mm. But yes, I do think he indirectly had an impact in some of those markets. But because of that, you have people spending. Literally two to five times what some of these things were selling for previously,、yeah. and now people are losing their asses on it. Like I'm, I know people that are have lost some monies. They're in debt. Yeah, you. It's because they see some of these videos because they take influence from some of these creators.、Um, mm-hmm. Masses in general, like, are fickle. They follow、uh, the crowd. They follow the they green.、Do. They do. They follow the news.、Um, that's not what you want to do. <laughs> you want to、yeah. be ahead of that as much as you can. Definitely. So if something you see pop up or whatever else, like chances are good you missed it. You can watch and see how it plays out, but odds are you've already missed that wave. Yeah, people. I think people, but the people that want to get into investing, you definitely need to see the have the, know the impact of a cycle first, and then know what happens. Because from my experience, I've been burnt so many times. Not not just you know with cards and stuff. I've been burnt in other assets, and you just、right. you have to learn that this game is it's a game to people. And if you don't play the game, then you you lose. If you follow what everyone else thinks, you lose instantly. 
it's all a game that's what you're right it is all a game and you have to learn how to play yeah you have to be prepared to lose some money but you will learn those are the best lessons mm-hmm. you're, like you can't paper trade your way to experience it's not the same it has to be yeah. your money on the line you have to you have to steal to the emotional lost. pain yeah that's it you have to go lose your first grand you have to lose your first 10 grand like you have to get sued yeah you have to go through all of these experiences you have to do that but every one you add a little notch under your belt that you've been there before you gain that experience right and it's less scary each time yeah man um with uh with (laughs) so i guess a little bit more into some experiences here so on sunday that first that fire i was in i mean i think oh yeah i've been in every type of like a natural disaster now do you want to tell people about the fire do you want to go through it long story short um the southern pasture caught fire uh mower i was on had a gas leak or an oil leak or something and it was a hundred something degrees so more or less everything's dead and dry we're in however long with no rain xyz it's not a good mix um so long story short um turn a corner and like a fireball shoots up like from under this riding mower and it shoots up like halfway up my body and by that Mm -hmm. point i'm already off this mower and running up towards the house and calling the fire department and i'm running a hose out there as far as it'll stretch trying to spray things um i've got a five gallon bucket uh and a shovel like Mm -hmm. very neanderthal type ways (laughs) of trying to put out a fire and to add to this like under all this dry debris and brush it's it hasn't rained in for however long so it's almost Mm -hmm. sand like so it's not the best for trying to dig either Mm -hmm. Um, so that was the time so it caught fire long story short uh, fire department came out there um, didn't finish getting all the things so I had to go and bury a couple more things that were on fire up in some brush and trees and this that third Uh, so I spent most of Sunday uh, fighting some fires so I have a, a new respect for the people that do that but we're talking like some acres went up not like a little patch of things because <laughs> so this I was, was i was in, in texas uh this was in oklahoma oh this was in okc and that's you guys have big land over there don't you we do say uh, we've had some family land for a little bit was originally like a big peanut farm it was a couple hundred acres i think there's 40 now mm. still in our hands but yeah yeah but that's a, that's a lot of manual work especially if the fire department left it left no oh, man fire. yeah i mean it was still like kind of smoldering and mm-hmm. they just rolled off and i was like uh some of these <laughs> logs are still on fire my guys like <laughs> you guys come back <laughs> are you are you you gonna come back um but yeah i had to i had to put all that stuff out because like my my wife when her grandma's house caught fire the fire department came out put out most of it just like this and then mm-hmm. they left and it went up again and they had to come back out Mm-hmm. so like I'm not about to let this stuff go up again but I was just fortunate because if the wind was blowing in opposite direction I think it would have blown all the way across um, like the long gravel driveway and could have moved towards the house so mm-hmm. just fortunate that's but, good yeah, running five gallon buckets of water 
100 plus yards from the barn to whatever is on fire was exhausting i can imagine i mean you're you're running out in this heat with a five gallon bucket breathing smoke <laughs> yeah you should you should get a certificate from the the fd get them to be Volunteer. let you be an honorary yeah yeah maybe you, you can finish the job maybe yeah but yeah so now i've been through a tor- my tornadoes here when i first lived in oklahoma i was in an earthquake when i visited in alaska i had this fire like, <laughs> hurricane winds on the east part like it's i think i've been in most of these things at this point you're one no, tough cookie no tsunamis or anything like that but yeah man a lot of crazy yeah. my first fire well and uh needless to say i do not like it Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone likes fires unless it's on a barbecue dude I used to I'd be like yeah fire's cool fire pit put my feet up relax and now I'm like nope I've had too many experiences with this I'll pass on that now yeah maybe that's just right now maybe that'll pass but maybe when you have a tsunami hit you and you're like I wish I had a fire right now <laughs> if something hits up here in Oklahoma we'll have other problems <laughs> yeah I think the I think what we've learned so far is that Texans are tough. <laughs> they are tough people, huh? Something like that. Yeah. But but not only that. You guys you guys like to eat big. Speaking of fires, barbecues. Ooh. You guys you guys love food. Oh, Texas yeah. barbecue. Texas barbecue is king in my opinion. Um that being said, I still want to get some Kansas City barbecue um, at the next Collecticon. That is on my list. That's happening. Hopefully, we can arrange a, a get together with a few of the fans. Get you guys out there. I think we could do that. Um, do a little barbecue meetup somewhere. If you show up, you get the promo. Get the promo early. Um, you could call it free if you show up too. Like however you want to look at that. For sure. The the key thing is those stories for for humble minded Brits like like me and people that have not had true authentic barbecue because i i'm gonna share my experience to everyone there's a <laughs> there's a barbecue place in in nottingham it's it's the only barbecue place so if you guys search up barbecue place in nottingham you'll find it and basically this was after me and story started to- having all our food talks i was like you know what i need to have some barbecue so i i went to this place and we ordered um two platters of barbecue so one was the brisket and the other one was the the wings needless to say i ate a leather boot that evening and had cold <laughs> cold wings so so please please and I, sh- I sent stories a picture so he he knows what i'm talking about so please tell the viewers what is a real texan barbecue meant to be like what is a what did i miss out on other than like a slew of sauce um that might just be me i think um barbecue you can enhance that with uh, some nice sauces to choose from um mm-hmm. so just depending on what you prefer there because you can go into sauce all day long um yeah but they got to serve you up the fresh onions the pickles you got to have your beans your potato salad um, some macaroni mm-hmm. probably and fried okra um all your fixings you know um yeah just you know do it proper and 
I like to mix mine like your proper nice chopped brisket. I add in my onions and pickles and just kind of like blend that. Mm-hmm. Enhance the flavor. Own. Yeah, to each their own. Uh, I might even put some potato salad in. Depends on how I'm feeling. You got to have your rolls. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I think looking at that, I would even call that a shoe. Um, yeah, it was it picture, was so dry. <laughs> it looked like it. Um, but yeah, dude, you can visit probably... I mean, you can roll the dice and pick a friend. And if they have a barbecue pit in their backyard, they're yeah. probably going to be able to make you something that's tasty. That's better. And yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't need to go to a chain or anything like that for sure. Like you can just, you and your friends can put it on and just relax, have a good time. Yeah, because I remember watching Man vs. Food, you know, the show that that you guys oh, created yeah. so i i used to i used to watch out religiously as a kid whilst i was eating dinner so when <laughs> when what's his name um adam i think adam, adam something adam adam went to go to these challenges and i remember this episode really clearly and it was this big barbecue place right you had the the smoke master they've been smoking they've been doing their brisket for however many hours i just it just crumbles in the hand it crumbles yep. It falls apart, man. It's that juicy and tender. Yeah. And it, it's it's life changing. I love barbecue. <laughs> and I, I love seeing, I, I think I saw this guy on TikTok and he ate, well, not TikTok, it's a YouTube reel, but they re uploaded a TikTok. And there was this guy. He okay. opened his, his big, you know, the styrofoam packaging, the, the boxes, and the short rib was like this thick. And I was like, I need to put my face in that right now and take a big chunk of it out. Apologies to all our vegans and vegetarian friends oh, out there, yeah. but I, yeah, I, I get down on on some barbecue. And yeah. Maybe sorry, not sorry on that, but yeah, I could talk barbecue all day long. Love that. Uh, for the record, I am not sorry. But um, <laughs> I, I, I won't hate your way of eating. It's just that I love my meats. Yeah, and for those of you that think you're making a difference, I eat two to four servings. So I make sure I eat your portion, your portion too. We keep numbers low. We make me we make sure we counteract. That's it. For every one of you that thinks, just yeah. know. I'm eating two to four servings. Yes. And I and am of the course... family of four. We we are multiple families within two people. <laughs> I'll go hit it post gym. Yeah, just get get me a good workout in, and I will devour. Oh, that is, I uh, my first year at Texas State when I did rugby, we were sponsored by uh, Kent Black's Barbecue. Oh, really? And we used to get discounts, but it only lasted a year. Was... Damn! Did you make the most of it? We sure did. We sure did. <laughs> What's your, if it's your last meal, last barbecue meal, what would you have? Oh. And you can't say everything. You have to have a no. limited, limited choice. Well, I'm going with some nice marbled brisket and burnt ends, the traditional. And then if I only get one side, it's got to be fried okra. I've never tried fried okra. I like we have okra at home, but we stir fry it. But I've never had fried okra. What's that like? 
oh it's crispy and crunchy and just oh it's excellent you i'll have to make you some when you're over here i'll make it for you for sure is the is the middle slightly like kind of gooey yes a little yeah. bit yeah because the okra's got that like slime doesn't it exactly yeah. but it makes that inside really really satisfying mm -hmm. damn so you've got the the okra burnt ends and some brisket oh we can't forget mashed potatoes if we can but Oh, have some gravy with the mashed potato. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm getting and hungry. <laughs> if I get, a, if I could have a second meat. Mm -hmm. mm. Would you go for sausage? I was thinking, oh, that's tough. Either pork rib, no beef rib. Mm. Beef rib. Yeah, beef rib or sausage. That's tough. I've seen you like guys a, have like a hot sausage, like a spicy one, right? Mm -hmm. ha jalapeno sausages. Oh yeah, yeah, jalapeno cheddar, something like that. Yeah. Damn, I it's at this rate, I'm just gonna book a flight right now, go to Texas, get a barbecue, and come back. We could plan a whole tour, man. I mean, you can go all through like Texas, literally like barbecue joint to barbecue joint, and you're probably gonna stand in line at most of them. Mm -hmm. Got to camp out overnight to get get our fixings. Some of them do it. Um, they only are open like Saturday, Sunday. Um, you can get in line as early as four or five a.m. They don't start serving till eight or nine, and they only serve until all the food is gone. So some mm -hmm. days they're done by eleven or twelve. Some days there might be some still at one or two or three. Yeah, it's, there's a lot of places that do it that way. We're open. Until it's gone. Until there's nothing, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can't. I can't wait to to get it, get it going. And then actually, when we get over there, because I know that we have a few buddies in New York, Detroit, that want to show us around. And you know, we have Connor in um, KC. So we've got we've got to we've got to hit all the different different places. Oh yeah, Rico, uh, Frankie. We are coming for y'all in New York. We want some mm -hmm. of that too. Oh, and uh, who am I forgetting? Palatown Pokeshop. We got some friends up in New York. We yeah. have to make a trip. Exactly. I am very excited. Yeah, because I think I was talking to um, Palatown Pokeshop and we would, we would discuss it. I was discussing wings with them and they were like, yeah, we're going to oh. get you some wings. Because I, like I told you, the wing stop story, I was severely disappointed. But I know you guys, when you have your wings, they are big and juicy another fun story god i used to work at a buffalo wing joint um, uh-huh i'd say i delivered pizzas i did wings i did foundation repair i've done a lot of things um but mm. during my wing days that was probably my favorite job like, yeah um before like your air quote real work like when i started teaching mm-hmm yeah that was that was the absolute best um that was when uh the ghost pepper stuff was huge then before the carolina reapers and everything came out even yeah we had to wash our a bowl with like some goggles uh otherwise those flakes could too, back too hot. get your eyes man but yeah everybody'd have to clear the kitchen if you're spraying that stuff mm -hmm. you guys you just you guys just know how to do your food you guys not only do you guys go oversized you guys go cheap but the thing is the quality isn't compromised 
we try. Um, you got to be picky, though. Uh, yeah, I got you on that. But, like, yeah. say, Palatown, though, he's in New York. Say, he's probably close to Buffalo. He probably does know the best wing places. He's in Buffalo. Oh, then, yeah. Yeah, so he he knows the joints. Oh, man, that's exciting. I would love to do that. I will, my bucket list is also I want to go to a game at every NFL stadium. Mm-hmm. So maybe we could do something, get some wings, and still see uh, the Buffalo Bills play. Josh Allen is also my superhero. If you don't know who that is, you can look at Josh Allen highlights. He's the quarterback yeah. for the Bills. Josh Allen. Oh, yeah. See, see, I'm a 49ers fan, and Josh Allen is amazing. He's cool to watch, man. He's a winner, just a competitor. He's awesome to watch. Wow. He's had a pretty good season, 2021 season. And he did it in Buffalo when there wasn't a whole lot. And then they got digs and that just added more and more and more. Now they really have something going and it's it's cool yeah. to see. I want them to win a Super Bowl with Cole Beasley there. Because mm-hmm. Cole Beasley was originally in Dallas and I just like Cole Beasley. Mm-hmm. He went to Little Elm, which is just kind of down the street. Um, we played them. In high school, I did not play against Cole Beasley, but I played that uh, same school. Yeah. You are just connected to all these different realms. You know, you have TCG realm, you have sporting realm, then you have business <laughs> realm. It's it's very diverse. You have a diverse portfolio of life, which I'd um, love, to, love to see. Yeah, just kind of go into it with you can learn something from everybody and you probably will. Having, having said that, learning, if... Out of all the, because I, I think people like to hear, you know, the, because you said entrepreneurs, right? Mm-hmm. What lessons would you give to people about being an entrepreneur and how, how it started? Because oh, everyone's got their own story about how everything starts. I guess just seeing like uh, my uncle and his pawn shop and my grandpa at a flea market. Um, yeah, they just kind of had fun with what they were doing every day. And that's just kind of something that resonated with me. And I've always had those salesmanship skills. And it just took me a while to kind of realize that where I was. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I started to figure out a little bit later with a little bit of effort. I was getting considerably ahead. Mm-hmm. And then I started to apply that. Um, so I was... I was ahead on crypto. I got into that pretty early. Um, mm-hmm. I wish I was ahead on that. I wish. <laughs> I got into some Google stocks and Nike and Costco, and I tasted some of these things early. Um, yeah. At you know, 18, 19 years old. I'm 27 now, for comparison. Um, and I'm experiencing this, and I'm like, damn, this is this is cool. You know, like I don't want to go spend $200 at the club I want to buy $200 worth of silver and put it in my safe you know I want to go mm-hmm. buy a Pokemon binder like yeah. whatever it is and you know I had this I was doing that and then for whatever reason I say for whatever reason nah. mm-hmm. um, it's important you got to learn how to learn um, so you've got to fail don't you you have to go it. through all the burns and I wasn't doing that my first two years I was just staying comfortable and unchallenged um at a community college like 
I still, to this point, my sophomore year in college, I've never read a book. I've never studied. I've never mm. looked at my notes again after taking them. And I'm still, you know, I'm, I'm passing A's, B's, whatever. It's, it's a breeze. Yeah. You're still thriving. Then, yeah. And then I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. And then I got to Texas State. I started playing mm-hmm. rugby. Like I told you, I got humbled athletically. Because mm-hmm. now, guess what? Everybody here is as big as you and bigger. Like you're mm-hmm. not the big. They're all the biggest anymore. fish. Yeah. yeah, everybody's your size and bigger. Surprise, Playboy. And then mm-hmm. um, academically, my first exam, I failed. Like I've never failed anything. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's a whole new league. Like, oh, bam! Slap to the face. Just it's humbling man and i had to get it together i figured it out um i did that traditional thing and went to school and got the job and i'm looking around and i'm noticing i'm working a whole lot harder than some people making the exact same or more than what Mm -hmm. i'm making and not that i got to teaching for money but Mm -hmm. it was frustrating um to see that and then my hobbies started to pay me the same and then a little more than what my salary was. Mm-hmm. And then there were some spikes here and there and certain things I was holding. Yeah. Um, so this is a reminder to check your portfolio and remember to take gains. Because um, if you don't sell, you don't actually have the money. Yeah, if you don't sell it, you're not making money. Uh, just a friendly reminder always take profits take profits mm-hmm. um well yeah so i started to do that and i saw opportunity and i said you know what if i'm gonna fail at something i'd rather fail young so yep. i just kind of went all in and moved pieces around started a little company uh, started partnering up looked at like who did i grow up with who do i trust fully who can i grow do these things with and lo and behold sometimes you start to realize later that the people are harder to find than it is to get money Mm -hmm. um uh find someone that's going to show up and do consistently what they say they're going to do yeah and actually be there for when you need them to be there (laughs) start to really really see the value of people more and more and more how much that's emphasized um but yeah, my two years when I was doing student council, I'm organizing these events and I'm talking to the event planner and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm over the accounts and like, I can see how much we're paying them for this, that, the third. And I'm like, Hmm, I'm the one that planned and did all mm-hmm. this. Where's my cut? Or I'm like, this doesn't, this doesn't feel right. You know? And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and in addition to like, you're available like at home and on weekends and, holidays and not all the holidays but more often than not you're available like work kind of comes home with you yeah um so i was looking for that um take a chance on myself so like i'm very comfortable betting on myself to this point i've I've done everything i've said i was gonna do um that's pretty cool feeling pretty good feeling Uh, so just kind of guess from here we just keep it rolling and improving and building and just um the biggest thing i guess you asked what's got me to this point was yeah those mm-hmm. couple things there and any lessons would just be like i had said uh, right before that little tangent was uh learn something from every encounter whatever it is like you can learn something 
Yes, for sure. I think education isn't, it's not book smart. You have to no. learn from the world. Yeah, that's what I mean. Say, I'm not talking about school. If you ask me, I'll tell you, I hate school. Same. I, I, I hate like it so school. much. It's so boring. And I, I think I, it's pointless. But I like learning. Yeah. That's the difference. I don't like school. I like learning. Big difference. Mm -hmm. I just like this structure. I enjoy learning. Mm -hmm. And I think for the people out there that want to get into business, go for it. Just jump in. Just start. Just, yeah. yeah. Literally, that's it. Just start. Oh, yeah. Say, learn something from everybody. Uh, don't burn any bridges. Um, it's okay to disagree with somebody um, professionally and idealistically and just, uh, you know, like this didn't work out or isn't working. Um, mm -hmm. Wish you all the best. Um, there might be a time in a later venture where you guys could be partnering or doing something together later or teaming up at an event. Like just, you really never know. Exactly. And I think that's the, that's the beauty of being a, being an entrepreneur. You can, you pick and choose what you want to work on and you get right. to enjoy the benefits of, you know, this said life that you have made, not go into a nine to five and someone's giving you this life. You create your own life. Yeah. So you are working 24 seven. Don't be mistaken. Like there's, there comes a point where there isn't such a thing as a work life balance. Like your life is your work and like your living is your working. Like, I don't think the two have to be, what's the word I'm looking for? Synonymous? Like opposite? Yeah. No. Um, they don't have to be contradicting. Yeah. Right. Not synonymous. Yeah. 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 Contradicting. Yeah. I think since, since doing all of this, it's just sure. I'm not, no stable income, but like right now life feels so much more free. You just enjoy life more because you can see the hard work. The results come from your own hard work, not oh you're getting external rewards from let's say a boss or your head of whatever you you can see something you've put out into the world and got something back from the thing you put out into the world and it feels good like um that first year i stopped uh teaching i took two weeks in the summer and i worked from uh, probably about 9 a.m until 7 or 8 p.m every night so mm. a pretty good good amount of work day um and i did that for two weeks but in that time i had made the mystery bags that we were running every single month mm -hmm. and just these mystery bags alone were matching the same income i was getting from my teaching salary yeah so for two weeks worth of work i had secured my exact same amount of income yeah compare those hours i mean you're talking 120 hours worth of work so less than a month gave me an entire salary that's that's it's when insane. things started to change things started to change at that point that's when you see the rewards have gotten past where you used to be in your life because mm -hmm. i'm like at that point at teaching it doesn't matter how hard you work like and I don't mean to knock teaching or anything like that. I just think that pay could be a little bit better for all of them, for everyone. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like uh, most places, your air quote raise is $500 a year 
like that's less than one percent for most people which is peanuts living wise yeah average inflation before all the crazy was two percent like statistically Mm -hmm. by six or seven years in of that you're significantly behind yep you're never going to be able to chase up to the inflation rate because and of... that's living single. Imagine having it like kids. Yeah. Like it's having a partner, having kids, having pets, having you yeah. know and anyone else that you have to be responsible for becomes less realistic. Health insurance isn't great. Yeah, teachers need some more love. So if there's anybody listening out there that uh, knows a politician or something like that, holler at them. Be like, stop lying to my teachers. Pay them. Give them their raise. Show them some love. Yeah. But I think that's... It's it's nearing the end just because we have a bit of a time limit on the app. But that's okay. I, I can say for you guys who have been listening in thank you for listening all the way through i know it's a bit of a long one because this is the the piloted reboot so i hope you've enjoyed meeting stoys meeting me for the first time re-meeting me seeing how the structure goes as you can see we bounced through many topics went back to topics bounced the to new topics talked about anything everything that's how we are and you know Stoice is going to come back again. If anyone has any questions that you guys want to shoot over that I can give to Stoice, hit me up and we can arrange something else. Me and Stoice are constantly on calls outside of public calls like this. So we are more than happy to get something sorted out. And Stoice, one last thing from you. Give give our viewers one last thing from you. What you got? Anything. Give them advice, anything you want to say. Uh, anything for me, I guess, closing statement more or less. Um, thank guys, thanks for yeah. having me on here. This was pretty fun. Um, I've never done anything like this, so it's first one. It's kind of cool. Mm. Um, check out Dynasty. Can't say it enough. Dynasty underscore TCG. Give us some love on Instagram. Check out the Discord. we got some giveaways going the next couple days. Collecticon promos coming out. Kickstarter's coming before you know it um, the next couple of months here, so stay tuned. Stay ready. Thanks for being here, y'all. That was amazing. <laughs> You're doing a better job at selling Dynasty than me. Dynasty TCG is our official sponsor and will be sponsoring us until the end of time. So thank you very much, everybody. And we will speak to you soon. If you do want to check out Stoys, uh, Stoys, you want to drop your uh, links for any people that want to go message you, find find out about you? For sure. Check me out on Instagram. That is Stoys, S-T-O-I-S-E underscore god g-o-d um you can catch me on twitch at the t-h-e underscore flawless um i do a little podcast on there on sundays during the nfl season where i talk about sports and things like that as you know that's one of our other interests too uh yeah it's i think that's all i got for you guys perfect so i'll do my sort of ending statement now um guys please check out dynasty tcg uh it's at dynasty underscore tcg for all trading card and future projects updates and then you can follow the podcast life underscore unlocks double underscore because someone else stole the username so i had to do that (laughs) um subscribe to our youtube because that's where i'm going to be posting as well we have the spotify that you can follow and then you can find my personal instagram at hin x zhi I'll put all the links in the comments below. Hope you guys you guys have enjoyed and we will be back again next week. Thank you.